Do you feel that? It's the sound of my entire being vibrating through your entire being. Hello. I'm using my powerful Vashuddha, the fifth chakra, to send my mouth pulses into your ear holes. That's the way the ancient giants who once roamed the earth used to do it. Sound is an ancient and powerful force. Wavy lines that move all around us. Some are sent to space. Some come from space. What messages are in those frequencies, do you think? Are you ever in the library or a communal kitchen situation, alone, at night, because you can't stand the other people in the house, and think, what's that buzzing sound? And then it's like, ugh, now I can't hear anything but that buzzing sound. That's the cosmos. It's telling you knowledge isn't in books and nutrition isn't in food. Everything is within. Step toward the shadows, Dale. Come closer. And then a ponytailed David flips on the light switch, laughing and eating tofu from a container marked with my name on it, and I want to punch him in the throat chakra. But instead, I reach for the mighty portal hatch that leads us to the deep night. Oh, friends, hello to you and your dazzling energies. It's me, Dale Shiver, and I'm your host, guide, and guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations that we call the Deep Night. We come to you as we always do from the foul banks of the Gowanus, and I tell you this, I am happy to have the cold back. I know some folks don't care for it, but it's very important for us as a species to have seasons. I believe that. Sure, maybe our ancestors grew up in a dense jungle surrounded by hissing water possums the size of school buses and shape-shifting birds that could blend into the shadows, but I think there's something primal to us that longs for a dark stretch of unyielding winter. And just as the old cave shamans used to do, I've started making my own moisturizing creams, a little coconut oil, some palm olive, and a drop of oat milk. My skin is almost dangerously damp, like I've been lying face down in a shallow puddle for too long, which has happened. We have such fun on today's program. She's someone who was certainly properly moisturized from the get-go, positively radiant in person, and a delight to get to know. Melissa Stokoski is a very funny stand-up and appears on the serious radio program John Fugelsang's Tell Me Everything. She and comedian Marsha Belsky have written and produced a new stage show, The Handmaid's Tale, the musical, and it's happening at Union Hall this weekend on February 10th. See if you can still get tickets and get over there. She's also the producer and the host of the long-running Bitches Brew Comedy Showcase in Brooklyn. Most importantly... We had a great time in a noisy studio in New York City, which is just the way it goes when one dares to broadcast from the deep night. Let's go now to my conversation with Melissa Stokoski. Melissa Stokoski. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. To the deep night. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Now, you're a radio professional. Oh, untrue. No. Well, you, you're, <laughs> you're on a show on Sirius. I am on a show on Sirius, right. So that's where people probably know you from. Maybe. Maybe. Because um, <laughs> I had that once, the Sirius. That's the satellite radio. Right. Yeah, I had a 
well, I pirated. Did you, did you have a car? <laughs> Only people with cars have serious oh, yes. I rental a, cars specifically. 1989 Chrysler LeBaron, and I had a Beautiful. pirated uh, Sirius set up in there. Impressive. And I just love that Willie Nelson station. Oh, it's a great one. Oh, I could just, all the, all the great good-hearted woman <laughs> and nightlife and on the road again. A lot of songs that spoke to my uh, to what driving. ended up being the end of my relationship with my first wife. <laughs> that is the Willie Nelson fan base is pre-divorce that's, and post-divorce. That's right. Really shut the stage. But I've remarried, and uh, um, now she's the one that's out there not calling me back. Anyhow, <laughs> that's a lot of information for you off the top. But uh, I did remarry an energy healer, and I understand Ooh. that you were at one time a holistic uh, coach. <laughs> yes, I was. That's, how did yeah. you get there, and what tragedy led Jesus. you to uh, start believing and or purchasing things from uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? Right. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I was doing stand-up, so I think comedy is enough to drive people to a lot of really... Uh, Dark places. It, it, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that, and I was like, God, this is hard. And uh, I had, I don't know, I'd, I had a friend who was into it, and I was like, this seems fun. And she gave me some books and I was like, holy shit, I love this. And then she was like, I'm a coach. And I was like, I'm a coach too. She's like, well, you should get this certification. I was like, okay. So I just kind of decided to become a holistic health coach, which I think a lot of people who feel out of control in their own life want to just control other people. It's ridiculous. It's a crazy crazy thought process but yeah at one point i just became a holistic health coach that's well there's a lot to unpack there so uh, uh first of all is there a guru that gives the certification what is it like an online thing yeah it's based in new york but i didn't sure. live here yet of course as as it all is <laughs> did that make it seem more impressive i think so new york? i think yeah. it's like yeah they know yeah, that's got to be legit if it comes from here. Exactly. <laughs> and so was there a test that you had to fill out? Yeah, there was a lot of tests. A lot of tests to complete. Yeah. Uh, was there a payment associated with it? Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But was it at a point of transition where you're saying you're doing comedy, but maybe you weren't fully in it, and Ex so you were yes. like looking for something to latch on to? Totally. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, I latched. Let Listen, me tell you. I think people either do holistic health coach or they do UCB. Right. That's probably one of the two. Both, both based in New York, both a lot of payment involved. That's a lot of payment involved. Tell me about it. Um, well, that's uh, – and I'm a sucker for goop. Do you do any of that stuff? Goop specifically? Yeah. I've browsed for sure. Yeah. Uh, any of the lifestyle stuff. I'm like, I'm clearly I don't know how to live. Please show me <laughs> how to live. My only desire is to attend one of those goopathons, uh, oh, the get-togethers yeah. that they have in San Diego or Sedona. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be amazing. So when you do all the tests and everything, but you had to prove that you believe in vortexes, what do you have to do? Totally. You have to get really? in a vortex yourself. <laughs> Make sure. You have to summon a vortex. <laughs> summon a vortex. A yeah. No, it was a lot of like really intense science information, which I don't think I thought through at the time. I was like, oh, am I going to actually have to know things? Because yeah. like, then I probably would have been like, oh, never mind. Was that I'm a more strong of a... subject of yours? Uh, no. 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 And nor was my diet. I mean, I was such an animal at that time. I was I was going out. I was drinking a lot. A lot of, uh, you know, other, you know, they tell you you cut out sugar and everything. I was like, cool, that's fine. But like other white powdery substances, do I have to do that? And they didn't mention that. So I was like, all right, that's probably fine then. And In they um, go. Yeah. 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 It was feral. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a really un, probably unhealthy time in my life, and 
but I was learning so much about health, not applying it, but learning it. And have you since applied it? Yeah, every once in a while, I'll just like know a friend will be having like a dietary thing and I'll just spout out some information that even surprises myself sometimes. I'm like, I didn't, I don't know how I knew that to be honest with you, but yeah. And uh, what was, how many clients did you have? Um, Not a lot. I had a few that were kind of just like more friend based and we kind of set up like a program for them and we were both pretty loosey goosey about it. But yeah, I'd say like three legit clients. So did you? They're all dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that answers that question. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty good coach. Yeah. Well, it's fortunate that we meet, uh, having just gone through a super blue blood moon. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's a very mystical occurrence. It It sounds a little bit like a party for the uptight kids that have the country club. You know, you look up and just see John Kerry on the windsurfing. (laughs) That's a super blue blood moon. But anyway, uh, where does one find the heroine of our story, young Militia, as she's growing up? Did you grow up, as I imagine, in the shadows of smokestacks in a once great steel city? I do, well, yeah, two depressed cities, Pittsburgh and Detroit. Oh, <laughs> so oh, my you? parents only liked, they were like, let's surround them with blue collar uh, heroes. Uh, yeah, I was born in Pittsburgh and then I finished college in Pittsburgh and started comedy there. So it definitely, you know, holds something. And my family lives there now. But uh, where I got this really lovely dialect uh, was the Midwest <laughs> in true. Metro Detroit. Yeah. Well, as you start to go across the country, you do pick up a little smear of the of the Midwest accent. Smear is, creeping, uh, is a good word for it. In yeah. As you go, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh has its own particular sound, and uh, Ohio has does. a little bit of a thing, and then you really get into it once you get to Michigan. You do. You around do. Around those cold lakes, <laughs> you're in it. Yep. I have a theory, as yet unproven. <laughs> that uh, our language and the way we talk is defined by the actual landscape. So Ooh. you may have like short little bursts to get through jagged areas, or you may have longer, uh, more melodious sounds if it's more flat or it's a more rich environment. I think that uh, by nature, by the nature of having describe our describe our environments to say uh, the pigs over by the mountain or whatever, you have to use certain. Right. Words that maybe develop. And maybe you have to yell over a hill or like it's talking a certain way to get around. That this is, is what wow. I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. Now, how that affects the relatively quick. <laughs> right. I don't know what they were yelling over to get a, oh my God, in, uh, in Detroit. I don't know, right. but that makes sense. That's right. Well, it came from somewhere else, yeah. too. So uh, there on the banks of the Monongahela River in Pittsburgh. No one can say that. That was impressive. It's beautiful out there, and they put fries on sandwiches. Of course. Every Food Network show, they show that. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I get it. We get it. It's It's not that big of a deal. Uh Also, it's okay. Um, You know, uh, Western PA is a certain kind of place. Yeah. I've spent not a lot of time there, but a little bit. Uh-huh. And I know there's a popular movie out there, uh, not out there, but th- that's out in the world right now getting a lot of awards about the billboards. And uh-huh. I think there ought to be a movie called Who Put These Three Billboards Up Along the Pennsylvania Turnpike? Because some of them are pretty wild. They are kooky. I know. <laughs> I know. They're like all f- fossil fuel coal miner. They're really going yeah. after people like Yoko Ono and I Robert know. Redford. Mm-hmm. You're like, why would no one? No one cares. No, we're not talking about no that. No one cares. We've There's, moved on. 
It's a little bit scary is what I'm saying because there's a conservative bent out there that puts some money behind the billboards. It's fossil fuels and pro-life billboards. It's a lot of that. Yeah. And the Amish don't care either way. So I don't know why. You're really targeting the wrong highway. So, yeah. That's right. They just want to put up a barn and make their quilts. (laughs) Oh, yes. Let them quilt. Leave us alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there some famous people from Pittsburgh other than? Michael Keaton and Andy Warhol and yourself. That's about it. Yeah, Pretty much, right? no, they, yeah. there's a few. There's a lot of sports guys. A lot. There's like a bunch of quarterbacks from there. Sports. And guys. I do. I know their names. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, we all do. But does it matter now? They're, they're on our minds all the time. You don't even have to say it. Right. Yeah. Yep. I know. I know. Uh, so wait, what was the Detroit piece though? That was like my family moved. I was like four years old when we left Pittsburgh. So almost my whole life oh, was in Metro Detroit. Ah, that's why the accent stuck. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that was a long time. Okay. And it was cool. I mean, people get a different idea when you say like, oh, I grew up in Detroit. And then I have to be like, oh, no, no, no. It's not. It's not, like even 20 minutes outside of it is a completely vastly different. I have no street cred uh, whatsoever. <laughs> it's a, it's um, an incredibly segregated city. It is. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think after whatever it was, the riots or something came through there and they split it in half and everybody went this way and that way and you have uh, some of the factors underlying that that contribute to the current economic disaster that has been ongoing for at least 20 or 30 years. And it's too bad because it's a wonderful city. We did spend a lot of time, you know, going into the city and, you know, whatever events we had in it and it's a wonderful place and even now it's, you know, kind of supposedly turning around a little bit more and hopefully that continues. Well, for a time you could buy a house for 500 bucks, right? I know, yeah. But then just north of there, you get like Cranbrook. Exactly. Like these like, you know, like yeah, here, like $16 very old sandwiches money. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's a funny place. Yeah. But then adult life, for all intents and purposes, uh, up until coming here, was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. You went yep. back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm from here? No, <laughs> not at all, actually. Because like the only places I really knew were like my grandma's like yeah. area and that's not in the city so it was like moving to this whole new place that sure. i was like yes yeah, you know where my parents met and where i was born but i no, i had no real connection to it <laughs> i see but you went hard for broadcast journalism i did yeah interesting i know what led you to that um i don't know i started doing like our tv station in high school yeah and it was kind of it was kind of the beginning of like you know these women like doing sports reporting and everyone was kind of like oh you should kind of do that and I was like really and they were like yeah and I was like okay but like I had no (laughs) knowledge of sports I guess this is now that we're going through it this is a common thing no knowledge of health no knowledge of sports I'm like yeah I'll just do that what's that drive I what just puts you I don't know it's gotta be the same with comedy right I guess so yeah nobody knows anything about comedy (laughs) and you just get up there you just do it yeah that's kind of a good trait to have I think whatever blinder you're jumping out of an airplane or something I guess I don't know or just really delusional. Who knows? Well, were there, so it sounds like there weren't probably broadcasting heroes for you. What were I you mean, covering in the high school TV thing? Football. It was you were already on the sports beat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, right. they, right. I was on it. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. To be honest, I think it was just people being like, "Do that," and I was like, yeah. "Cool, like I love it." I don't know. Were you already comfortable with a bunch of the sports guys? Because I imagine you had that to was hang probably out. part of it too. Yeah, like I had friends <laughs> that were on the football team, and I was like, "Yeah, I know that guy," so that yeah. kind of worked. Yeah. yeah, but it was fun. I do find it exciting. I mean, sports are exciting. Sports are exciting. I was a yearbook photographer, and I covered the sports beat. But 
I admit that I tended to cover only the women's uh, tennis team. Sure. Because why? They were nice people. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, gen- tennis players are kind souls. That's what that's, they say. That's the, that's what I was taking pictures of. Nice Gosh, souls. Kind Trying souls. to capture that for the yearbook. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes we look back and think, oh, well, now in retrospect, that's a little creepy. Sure. But I didn't mean for it to be creepy. I just like those girls the best. That's nice. Anyway, sounds like I'm trying to cover up <laughs> something, so we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, there weren't broadcasting heroes. I mean, I was a big, um, you know, I, I just was a news guy from sure. a, from a young age, of right. course. I've I always really loved local news, and, and oh, I still do. Still wonderful, it's isn't It's really it? great. Yeah, I mean, there's something about, and I interned in it and everything, and I'm sure I fall into this category, just like huge ego, huge insecurities meets together where you get to be this like local celebrity that you've done really nothing to deserve it and it's like you know they just want to get recognized at the grocery store and I'm like good for you Julie Bonowski whatever you know what I mean I just love it I love all aspects of it because the stakes are low I think it's low stakes, but also, like, <laughs> high potential for embarrassment now, especially with YouTube and everything. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody talks about what the people who are hit hardest with yeah. YouTube being developed are the local news yeah, people. So? They got to get under the radar for so long, you know, mess up whatever they yeah. wanted. Oh, I and love they it. They mess up a lot. Yeah. But it just it's the frequency. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if you had a daily radio show. Exactly. The things that you'd have to cut out. Totally. And they, you know, it's kind of like plane crashes. Like they land smoothly most of the time. Most of the time. But when you hear about it, you really hear about it, <laughs> yeah. you know? There was a one gal they brought back out of retirement. It was some big deal in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Beverly something. And uh, God bless her. She was a little bit, you know, out of practice. Sure. I'd say. We're not, up to, not up to speed. <laughs> and some beloved character from the past. You know, probably in the 70s, she knocked him dead. They brought her back and she's on the on there and they don't tell her that she's on the camera or she doesn't realize it and she starts singing and some mm-hmm. like warm up song and it's just like this goofy number that she does I mean it's just like it's so embarrassing because it is like seeing like a member of the family totally but so endearing too I'm sure endearing, there were some yeah. Beverly fans that were like she's back she's yeah. in it <laughs> yeah. she's ready this is the Bev I wanted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's spontaneous anything can happen but it's funny how those people really uh, become part of the you know, I mean I look forward you to watching you know it when them. I go back absolutely especially if it's the same people yeah I mean Philadelphia has some people that have been on there they will not leave no that's what I love about it. same <laughs> no. with Pittsburgh we're like, well, the Peggy can't retire. Like, what would we do? We can't. Yeah, they they do become a, become a kind of a local myth too. Totally, pictures on the anyway. That is something. To, and you worked in that a little bit. Yeah, it was oh, wonderful. Amazing. Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> I did love it. Not enough to start a career in it, yeah, but what, I loved it. What made you get out of it? I don't know. I mean, like. The hours are so weird. Other the than the obvious. Very minimal pay. I was like, I got to do something like comedy that makes money. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. another trick. Did you have a, a, a national hero? Mm, like good a- question. Well, as far as sports, I always liked like Michelle Beadle. I okay. still follow her a little bit. She's on ESPN. I mean, Erin Andrews at the time was like, was like wow, she's right. that hair. Wow, love her. Um, as far as national news, I mean, I guess Brooke Baldwin on CNN. I always watched her. Interesting. I still do. But yeah, we that's get about pe- it. we get people we latch on to. Yeah. See, I was a Brokaw head. Oh, totally. So I just loved. Yeah. I love Tom. <laughs> Tom's and, uh, good. 
But on the weekends, I would tune into that McLaughlin group on PBS or uh, oh, yeah. duck into uh, David Brinkley. Mind you, I was about uh, 12. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what the other kids were doing. So what about comedy, though? How does that come in? Um, I You walk away from the lucrative sports career. Right, yeah. right. I know I took improv at some point. I think I did stand-up before improv. Yeah, in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, yeah. So it's like an open mic? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing like... Same kind of thing, like very low grade. I think we were calling it radio, even though we knew it was going to be on the internet. Yeah, so tell me about I it. don't think there was a term for it yet. So my friend and I are doing that. We're writing sketches and stuff, and then stand up just kind of happened naturally. I think I did it first, then he was like, okay, we'll do it. And then we took improv, decided that was not uh, for me, and then continued with stand up and then quit and then came back. So it's a broken path. But stick as, with as it. one would expect. Totally. <laughs> and at some point, the holistic <laughs> thing came in there. Yeah. Um, and so, and then, how do you get to New York from you know Steel City, haha? Yeah. To, uh, what was the drive there? I think I had wanted to live here for a long time, just in general. Yeah. And I was 24, I guess, and just kind of was like, well, if I'm ever going to do it, I should do it now probably so yeah I think I took like a year or two and just kind of like traveled and enjoyed myself and then I was kind of like all right well probably time to get to work if you're gonna do anything so yeah yeah no, that that's kind of how it happened yeah and, and <laughs> not too climactic it's kind of like oh I guess now but you got here and started going right away you fall into a, a scene um kind of yeah I moved to Brooklyn yeah. so I was kind of you based have over to. there. Yeah, you can't really live anywhere else. <laughs> Where are you going to go? Yeah. So I did that. I worked in restaurants. So, kind of up top, I was like really, you know, I had restaurant friends and I was kind of putting in the time that I was in Pittsburgh. And then uh-huh. it soon became clear. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to work far harder at this. So then I really I stopped working in restaurants. I just kind of delved in. And yeah, I guess it's been the kind of Brooklyn scene. Since the Brooklyn then. comedy scene. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. just the Brooklyn scene. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But And uh, if people are listening and thinking, well, it sounds like you've got a little, uh, like somebody's working on a hacksaw in the background. It's because I think we're in an active construction zone. Right. <laughs> Which is, I think, where all good radio is recorded <laughs> in general. Idea- ideally, you want to have a nice uh, nice little background hum of, of totally. people of, working. Of hard work. I mean, this is America. Right. And we're on the upswing. <laughs> exactly. There's jobs. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff for you. <laughs> there's jobs. For some, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it might pay something, <laughs> or you can always coach people. Yep, you can get a job writing. Yeah, which you did for what? Elite Daily. Oh, that's right. Like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And what was the the probably terrible advice? Oh, that was a show I did briefly on KPIS FM, which is a cool station run by a lady named Sherry Barclay. And it was, K-piss? you know, similar. Yeah, K-Piss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Golden Stream. Oh, wow. They really went for it. They really did. <laughs> uh, and she did that purposefully. So anyone yeah. who is a little uptight wouldn't join, is what yeah. she told me. They so, got the vibe. We're exactly. loose here. Exactly. We're loose. Yeah. It's pee. It's fun. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> know, it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, it's but a similar, good. I mean, it was a, a shipping container in the middle of Bushwick, so right <laughs> under the train, um, yep. lots of ambient sound, so, So yeah. it's kind of uh, just, uh, you brought this along then. Yeah, this is this follows me anywhere <laughs> you put I record. it in a, in yes, exactly, yes. There must be there construction must be noise. going yep, on. Exactly. 
Huh. Well, uh, you know, I was, uh, but the probably terrible advice you actually gave. Bad I advice. gave really bad advice to people. Yeah, yeah. Probably now that we're talking about it all, that probably came from the coaching days. I was yeah. like, oh, I've done this before. <laughs> yeah. So I know how to give perfect. Bad, yeah. Bad advice. Yeah. Well, I put all my money into a, a yoga studio in the Gowanish. Oh, and cool. uh, it's doing okay, yeah. surprisingly, after a rough start there. That's um, awesome. Belinda suggested I do that. But so many young people with their yoga mat slings yeah. and their matcha teas. And, uh, crystals. It's, uh, we love crystals. Oh, I, Listen, tell me about it. I do know. you have them? Do you get I, them? Yeah, yeah, I have crystals. Yeah. Because it strikes me, now that you say that, <laughs> it strikes me that you you do have a little bit of skepticism in, sure. your, in you. And uh, probably no doubt from places like... Detroit, <laughs> Pittsburgh, yeah. you get a little hardened, you know. Sure. Um, but uh, crystals, I'm I'm a bit the same way, uh, right. although I've gone fully into it. Because here's the thing: I am skeptical while also believing it 100. percent That is exactly how I feel. <laughs> and I don't want to mess with it in case it screws it up. Yes. So I have the crystals, and I have them set a certain way, and sometimes I rotate one, and I get nervous about how that day is going to go. And uh, it's that kind of, I'm very superstitious about yes. it. Yes. While also being like, well, okay. <laughs> well, I just spent, you know, $12 to get abundance. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny process, but then I, I do believe it wholeheartedly, and I'll sage them and recharge. I mean, there is, I think as skeptical as you are, you have to admit that there's energy Yes. And that it affects things. Yes. So. And we are energy. We are. We come from the stars. Exactly. We got to be connected to the earth in some way. Yes. What the heck? I know. What's it going to hurt if I wash a crystal and then delicately dry it with right. a cotton cloth? Right. And then put it in the sun to recharge it. <laughs> <laughs> Natural energy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. I found a great supplier, too. I'll tell oh, really? You about great. It. Yeah, if you need something, I, need a new I dealer, can go out yeah. and fill up a satchel. <laughs> great. Where do you stop? See, the one that I didn't get was the one that encourages financial abundance. Well, I thought that was too much. I, it is hilarious as a concept, so yeah. I have gotten into that. <laughs> but I, I also worry, like, for too much personal gain, like a material gain from a rock. Well, that's kind of the other funny thing. <laughs> it seems about, wrong. Yeah, that is hilarious. <laughs> it is funny, like, people who want to be like spiritual and I put that in quotes who are just trying to get money yes which is hilarious to me not that like money is unspiritual but it's yeah. like these people are like I want to know like the secret oh yeah. I was a big secret person when that came out it's uh, so funny and uh, that is also visioning boards is that yeah what the all is of too? that stuff yeah it's but it's basically like if you try to do something you can do it right if you think about it enough <laughs> and you just really you sit under a tree with headphones on and just think like oh, Porsche Porsche, Porsche, you're going to get a Porsche. You'll at least see a Porsche. You'll be in a Porsche at some point. You yeah. know, it's like a weird. You know what? I think I was just, I watched that Jim and Andy documentary recently. Oh. And I think that story of him writing the $10 million check and putting it in his pocket and then that coming true, I think that permeated the culture in such a way that it actually did a little bit of damage. <laughs> I would agree. Because I think now people think that's what it's, well, I'll just do that. I know. I mean, for as, um, as nice a story as that is, he also worked pretty hard. Yes. And I think had to wrestle with some personal demons that are still not uh, resolved. Right. And if your only goal is a $10 million check, you obviously have some demons to begin with. You know, this is, <laughs> right. it's like not. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. That is a value system is skewed. Original versus, yeah. The intention behind all of that is, I think, something that people get lost in. Yes. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But I still buy the crystals. Totally. I just won't buy the ones for personal gain. I appreciate it. If it's like this it. amplifies your psychic powers, sure, put it on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pyrite's grounding? Okay. Sure, of course. I don't, why not? <laughs> I like to think about that. I'm not worried that it's going to go away, though. Right. You can't be. You can't be. No. 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 You just hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. You have you have them on a windowsill? Where do you keep yeah, yours? Yeah, I have some window ones. I have one in my bag. I don't know what it does. But it's in there somewhere. I don't know. I can't. You got yeah. kind of a fanny uh, pack. Is I do. Yeah. yeah, a denim fanny a de- pack. Yeah. I mean, that's the height of it, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like to say it's a fashion. It's not. I lose everything <laughs> all the time. I've lost my wallet a lot. That's why I carry a money belt full of travelers' checks. Oh, okay. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you have to be careful. So, do they do yoga in The Handmaid's Tale? We don't. We should, though. That's funny. <laughs> the reason I ask, because you've got The Handmaid's Tale uh, the musical, musical. The musical yeah. that you've uh, co-written with Marsha Belsky. Yeah. And that's but you come. met in New Orleans, you said. I did. We met uh, at the Hell Yes Festival Fun. in New Orleans, performing at a late show for some very inebriated, uh, intoxicated individuals who were nonetheless warm and receptive to Good. great comedy. And, uh, yeah, that's, I bought some crystals down there. That's where I said I'm not getting that financial gain thing. Because can, can you imagine a financial gain crystal from New Orleans? From New Orleans. <laughs> that's, that's dark it's magic. Too ironic. Yeah. I know what's dark magic, and that's dark magic. And that place is like a trap. You yeah. know, like, oh, you go down this way, you're going to really step in it. Right. But that's uh, all alleyways <laughs> beckoning you to your— Oh, uh, and I I'll fall right into that. Your worst self. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some that choose the path of the light. And so I did that. Now, Handmaid's Tale, I've never seen it. Okay. Because it's one more streaming service that I have to sign up for. I know. But it has uh, been a part of the culture now for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very popular at the Brooklyn Halloween Dog Parade. I don't know what oh, it really? says about people that they're dressing up their dogs as, as oppressed women. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, uh, again, one questions the intention of certain things. I mean, we could get a whole conversation about the breeding culture as, I mean, not only in Brooklyn as people, but as, yes. as dogs. Yeah, yes. they are handmaids in a way. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. So uh, what what uh, what uh, inspired the idea to turn this into a musical? I was just listening to Evita. Uh-huh. Uh, the, my preferred version is the Madonna movie soundtrack because Antonio Banderas really sells Fantastic. it. Um, but uh, that struck me listening to it like this is also a kind of an odd thing to make a musical about. It is. You know, yeah. like, and now a coup happens, bitterly do. Exactly. Like, I oh, mean, first what? of all, so many things rhyme with coup. So that yeah. is right. in our favor right off the bat. <laughs> um, yeah, we, well, I guess Marsha and I had started talking about a musical um, with Fiddler on the Roof because yeah. we both just love that. And the L train was shutting down. So I was like, what if we do, like, everyone's forced to move to Astoria? And we kind of, we had the idea of just, like, setting musicals in Brooklyn. Yeah. And, you know, seeing what would happen. So then that kind of got delayed, and we were like, okay, you know, what else? And we were watching Handmaid's Tale, and we were like, this it could be funny. And we saw, you know, <laughs> SpongeBob as a musical, and, you know, kind of all these other things where, like, everything is becoming a musical. Why not? Why not? Yeah. And the idea, though, is uh, of, the, of Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, 
not seeing it, not reading it. Sure, sure. <laughs> is that it's uh, sometime in the not too distant future, maybe a parallel reality where women are stripped of their rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain women are only used for breeding, and uh, other women are there as, I guess, wives. Right. Or something. Yeah, that was kind of another thing where we were like, okay, with our current political state, if we're ever going to happen, we are the closest to that point right now. (laughs) So we kind of wanted to poke fun at that, that, yeah, this is a possibility with the people who are leading us right now. Um, Yeah, kind of fertile women. With Margaret Atwood's novel, there are some hints that— it's birth control and, you know, all these things that have caused this infertility. And while well, I don't agree with that and we didn't put that in there, that was kind of that. And then Hulu kind of um, kind of took it in a similar, very similar vein. Um, but basically we fertile women have been captured and then the wives are the, you know, kind of wealthier upper class, which we also kind of wanted to play with in Brooklyn because there are these varying levels of wealth in Brooklyn yes. and you know if we were all of a sudden forced to move to Carroll Gardens or wherever and you know these you know well very cool liberal moms you know there's still that definite divide oh I think Carroll Gardens is where it would happen exactly yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> maybe a little more Cobble Hill first sure yeah <laughs> as a resident of Carroll Gardens I can say oh really nice <laughs> yes but uh, there is that you could see but are the women that are the wives they just want are they infertile? Are they unable to have children? Yes, by either, you know, we don't know who's... Uh, by design exactly, or by something. Okay. Right. So, but regardless, that couple is not able to procreate. Now, if we may, she's not here, but we'll talk about Marsha anyway. Sure. Uh, Marsha, great comedian. Fantastic. Uh, known for uh, writing about uh, the treatment of women. Right. Writing with some authority about that, hosting yeah. a podcast about that. Someone who is banned from Facebook for saying men are scum. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. It's you, been a whole journey for her that, with Facebook. It, it I really mean, has been. yes. I, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg shows up anywhere, I'm like, oh, he's looking for Marsha. There's yeah, no question. Right, right. <laughs> right. Well, I think she could handle it. <laughs> I truly do too. But you know who else had, just to tie this back to Pittsburgh a little bit? by way of New York, who had similar problems with scum, was Valerie Solanas, who was the person responsible for shooting Andy Warhol. And she oh also had the scum manifesto. So it would be worth maybe uh, Marsha checking that. I don't think she's going to get off the elevator and shoot anybody. Right. But um, interestingly, the woman who played Valerie Solanas was Lily Taylor, and she lives in my neighborhood. No way. <laughs> Everything is full circle. You see what I mean? Wow. I bet that crystal is for connection yes, in that fanny exactly. pack of yours. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, and they wear the red outfits. Yes. Yeah. That's to identify the handmaids, the women exactly. who are breeding, the women carrying the children of Carol Gardens. Yes. Does it actually take place there in, in yeah, your musical? The, yeah, the brownstone <laughs> is in Carol Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a definite strata. There's sure. a lot of uh, nannies sure. who could easily be handmaids. Yeah, I mean, they're the ones spending all the time with the children. Right, that's true. Yeah, I don't know whose joke it is, um, but somebody has a joke about how there's going to be a whole generation of kids who grew up with Jamaican accents. It <laughs> 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 was pretty funny. <laughs> well, it's very possible. Yeah, very possible. Um, mm, that doggy parade was nice, though. Oh, I bet. It was nice. I bet. It's very popular. Yeah. I mean, that seems like you'd have a lot of... And interesting that they chose to dress them as handmaids. 
I think that's hilarious. I saw a woman dressed as a handmaid at the Women's March, which made sense. Yeah. And a very accurate outfit. We kind of updated the outfits in a fun way. We have uh, like a velour track suit that is all red, which is, I think, yeah, by the end, we were like, this is comfier than anything that we wear on a regular basis. So, I mean, you almost need to one for dancing. Kind of like a wedding dress. Exactly. You <laughs> change. Yeah. We actually, we got robes too. We got like red bathrobes from, it seems like everybody has been to this bar at some point. It's 235th. It's on Fifth Avenue. It's like for German tourists and like financial investors. And okay. they meet at this rooftop bar. Sounds it's, dreamy. It's, oh, it's really an experience. You got to go. And they have these red bathrobes for when it gets cold. And Marsha and I had been there like for happy hour. It's like a very cheap happy hour. And we were like, what are all these red robes? And then as we decided to do the musical, I was like, well, we shouldn't spend more money. Let's just like ask if we can use their robes. And they lent us five of their red rooftop bathrobes. Oh, on the roof. I see. I see. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's it's very, pretty very, funny. Very yeah, it's nice of them. Of them. Too. That is nice. So they get a little credit in there. Of course. And who did the music for you? We, well, we have an accompanist named Fernanda, uh, and she's fantastic. Uh, Marsha and I just kind of wrote the songs. Marsha's just, um, she self-calls herself a jingle queen, and I agree oh. with it. She can just really get a catchy tune. Get a hook. Very easily, and she did. I mean, we would literally come up with an idea for a song, have a couple lines, and all of a sudden she would really, really run with it. So <laughs> it was great. It was really fun writing. <laughs> it, all sa- of it. it sounds terrific. Thanks. Uh, and is it all uh, uh, women behind it? Mostly, yeah. We we do have a few men in the cast, yeah. which Marsha allowed, uh, <laughs> which is nice. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all fantastic. Tim Platt plays the commander. He did a really great job kind of getting into this very sexually repressed, privileged, you know, kind of like convincing these other men that, you know, he's one of them and to kind of form this army. He did a great job with that. Drew Anderson plays... Uh, in the show, there's like this really hot guy that is distracting to the rest <laughs> of the story. So we made extremely hot Nick, who is played by Drew Anderson. Tommy McNamara has a little uh, part as part of the rebellion too. So yeah, it was. Fun. Oh, it's, and uh, it's are fun. any of the songs taken from the original show? <laughs> no, there's <laughs> there's no Doesn't not a songs, lot of happy tunes in that. No. So I mean, we did really want to make it a light-hearted, cathartic thing. Yes. So, um, I mean, we don't mention in the show, June, whose main character, has a child who's taken away from her and everything. And we were just like, no one wants to go there emotionally. So we were like, let's not do that. And so we really tried to focus on, like, millennial Brooklyn, like, how would it affect our lives? Yes. You know? Yes. I like that. Yeah. Are you going to think you'll get any uh, guest stars to come in? I hope so. Elizabeth Moss can It'd drop be fine. In? Yeah. I would love that. Oh, that would be great to have a cameo, wouldn't it? It totally would it's be. It's a big cast. There must be some people here. Totally, yeah. Oh. Someone has to live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> what musical do you think hated women the most? That's a good question. Hated women. I mean, SpongeBob, I've heard, is a huge, huge misogynist. Um, they really let that squirrel girl they, have it, don't they? They did, yes. <laughs> She's in a bikini top, which is not cool. Oh. I know. She's no. in a spacesuit. Right, on top of it, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, what musical hated women? That's a really good question. I mean, I'm not sure Oklahoma does anybody any favors. No, and I actually was in Oklahoma. Yeah, me too. What'd yeah. you play? 
I think I was, I had one speaking line and it wasn't much. I was like a freshman. I think I was just in chorus for that. Yeah, but you still had to wear the prairie dress. Yes. Yeah. That was not cool. <laughs> Sound of Music I was in as a nun, so that yeah. was hateful to me to have to play a nun. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to say those two. Who were you in Oklahoma? Uh, uh, Will. Oh, that's good. That's a big part. Everything's up to date. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Very fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Home-loving man. Yes. <laughs> All complete with his slippers and pipe or something like yeah. that. Not very forward-thinking, but he came around. He was okay. Yeah? yeah. Good. It could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> you go see musicals now other than SpongeBob? I really want to see the Cruel Intentions musical. Oh, I hear that's uh, I fun for that's people wild. that remember yeah. that film. Totally. Because I look at that poster and think, what are we doing? Uh, uh, I what's, know. What's it come to? It's bad. I mean, that's got to, I, I can't even imagine. I would like to see that kind of thing at Union Hall or yeah, a place like that. Totally. But that's taking up valuable real estate. Right. I actually did see, you know what I saw over the summer? I was given Kinky Boots tickets, oh. which I had never seen Kinky Boots. What a delight. A delightful And actually, romp. yes, yeah. I was surrounded by uh, men who I didn't think would enjoy it. They looked like, uh, you know, my parents' neighbors in Pittsburgh. And I was like, what are they doing here? And let me tell you, these they came alive. They were so enamored with it. I was I was really impressed. Think about that next time you're at the sports bar in exactly. Pittsburgh or Detroit. The fellas They're next to you. They're trying to let that freak flag out. Really and they need a space to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. They've all got a fanny pack with a crystal somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, terrible advice. Do you have any terrible advice for me? Ooh, um, keep doing comedy, I guess. <laughs> that does sound like terrible. Terrible advice, advice for anyone. <laughs> no, I mean, keep believing in your crystals, I guess. I guess. What that's choice do I one. have? Right, yeah, right. <laughs> and did, did I see you were on the Bravo show? Were you bartending on that thing? I did. Well, my, my day job right now, I'm a tour guide for, um, I oh, do the Sex and the City there. tour, <laughs> <laughs> which is an adventure. Yeah, I was doing the Real Housewives of New York tour. Good so Lord. yeah, I was at a fairway or something with that lady once. Oh, one really? of those Real Housewives, nice. the one nobody liked with the rich husband. Oh, well, I guess God, they're all rich. But... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so none of the, the New York ones one. are married right now, which is so strange. This was uh, maybe eight, eight years, ten years ago. Okay, but the, she was blonde. Her husband was kind of a. It was spending too much on like jeans and had an issue with fashions and maybe self-image and I don't know. Okay, but nobody liked them. And I saw them in IKEA and I saw them in Fairway and. I'm, I thought, yeah, I don't like wow. them either. Nice. But, so uh, you're, you're walking people around? Sex yes, and on the a City bus. tour is still happening? Oh, yes. God, yeah, what, every what, day. What, every day a bus leaves from the Plaza Hotel with at least 30 to 50. With you on it? Sure. Not me every day, right. but uh, several times a week. Gosh, that's <laughs> I amazing. I know. Well, at this point, who are the people on there? Um, a lot of international I see. guests. That's you forget about that. A lot of Australians. That. Yeah. <laughs> the Australians love sex yeah, in the city. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. And you get to hone your improv skills, I imagine. Yeah. Yep. It actually is a really great job for comedians in general. I mean, it's all during the day. Yeah. Not too early. And uh, Low yeah, impact. Just, Probably yeah. get some tips. Exactly. You do. Yeah. yeah. It is, I think, though, I've been realizing more recently, it's probably one of the most dangerous jobs in the city, just tour guiding in general, because I'm driving around in front of just a giant glass panel. Yeah. I thought about this the day of the blizzard. I was like, I think this is unsafe. <laughs> driving around <laughs> is crazy. But, you know, we, we'll live. 
<laughs> so, uh, but and then you ended up on the Bravo thing, or that was yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm that was misreading for it. the tour. No, that was oh, right. I guess tour. bartended. I uh, so yeah, yep. it seems like the whole place would reek of booze. It did, yeah, and and yeah. I was it was partially my fault. <laughs> <laughs> was there a real housewife passed out behind the bar? <laughs> there was. Yeah, I had to times. keep quiet about it, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was back there. Yeah, you watched that probably show, when you saw Fairway. Same. Well, uh, the the Handmaid's Tale is going to be happening uh, February. February 10th. 10th. Yeah, at Union Hall. At Union Hall. And tickets uh, uh, may still be available. Yes, uh, and we'll have more dates soon. Oh, great. You're going to do yeah. some more of it. Yeah, probably Bell House or Littlefield or Yeah, somewhere. get the bigger venues. Yeah. Yeah, have more people come in. Yeah. That's great. Um, well, if you ever need an announcer or anything. Yes. Just let me know. Thank you. I love it. I look forward to checking it out. Thank you. Too. And then you also are going to host a comedy Show. Yeah, in Gowanus, actually, oh. at your yoga studio. <laughs> oh, no wonder Just it's kidding. so popular. Yes. Yeah, that's at Halyards. Halyards. Yeah. Yeah, which I never know how to say that one. It's a tough word, yeah. which I didn't know until I was doing the show for like a year. It's like a, that's a part of a boat. It's a huh. boat bar. Huh. A halyard is, I don't know, part of a sailboat or some shit. I don't know. Sure, but, sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice little spot over it there. It is, yeah. yeah. And uh, Sirius as well. You're on the what show? Uh, John Fugel saying show, Tell Me Everything. Oh, great. It's a political show. It's it's great fun. Oh, good. Well, it's kind of a low political moment. Not <laughs> right. Yeah, happening. nothing to talk about. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Well, Melissa, it's been so fun to Thank have you, you. This uh, been with so fun. me. I'm going to scream some aspirations into my crystals. Perfect. After this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do it. Fun. And, uh, Inspired and jealous with all that you've accomplished. Thank you. Congratulations. You as well. Thank you for having me on this very fun show. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, uh, continued success. Thank you. Fun! Oh, what fun. My thanks to Melissa for being such a great guest. She's got a wonderful radio voice, too, doesn't she? My goodness. She's like a female me or something. Lucky numbers this week are 10, 10, and 10. Who doesn't love 10? It's perfect. It's a flawless number. And a personalized reading this week goes out to Isaiah Malone in South Denver, Louisiana. I think as skeptical as you are, you have to admit that there's energy. Well, that's something. That does it for us this week, by goddess. Keep all your secret memos close to the chest, friends. And remember that although this night is ending, there's still no way the president weighs 239 pounds. There's no way. That lie really bothers me. A bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is brought to you by Jameson Spirit Cleanser, the original prairie-grade sage that you can burn whenever things start making noises in your walls or a spirit appears at the foot of your bed wearing 18th century sailing regalia. Deep Night is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Deep Night Season 10 podcast image by artist Kelsey Roten. Deep Night Season 10 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the season provided by the talented roster of Howler Hills Farm. The Deep Night podcast can be found on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on Apple Podcasts, where we kindly ask you to subscribe and then leave a rating or a review. Once again, thank you for listening.